All right, I got an awesome interview for you. One of the world's best coaches, trainers, speakers, authors, and one of my great friends. You're not going to want to miss this. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. I am super jazzed. Uh, my friend of 20 years, he's been in this business over 30 years, worked with Fortune 500 companies. He's a best-selling author, does over 100 workshops and presentations every year. The author of How Would Love Respond? And by the way, I not only, not only have a signed copy, but I also had one of the manuscripts before it was even on the market. And I am just thrilled to have Curic Ashley with me here today, my friend and one of the very, very few people who put up with me and was my coach. Curic, welcome. There you are, Phil. Uh, Don, just in case uh, anybody gets upset, we might have some dropouts since we're talking to each other from the other side of the world. And, uh, you know, it's funny, as I always tell people, is you're just relaxed. You know, the, the information you get is life-changing. And, you know, it's how funny people get irritated about the smallest things in life. And it's just really the speed bumps in life. We all go through the same stuff. It's just successful people. We learn how to manage it differently. Amen. Amen to that. I, I just love some of the things, you know, Kirk has been, uh, has been in Hollywood, uh, worked in, has been in films. Uh, I love, you know, you've, uh, you've coached Olympic gold medalists. Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins said that you're truly the embodiment, the embodiment of the word outstanding. And uh, anyway, I'm just, uh, I'm jazzed to, to obviously call you my friend, but, uh, but have you on the on the show here today? So, a true honor, Don, and um, I'm just honored you even asked me. I mean, you're the king of the franchise stuff, you know, and to be even be on your show. I know that you know your guests. You're always going to get the highest level of people to uh, to speak to and that get strategies from. So I'm honored. Thanks, thanks, my friend. Uh, Kirk reminded me that it was 20 years ago that we met. Uh, we met at an annual conference in. I think it was in New Zealand, wasn't it? Queenstown, New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't in Australia. It was over in New Zealand. Uh, you were presenting and teaching to, I don't know, maybe 150, 200 uh, coaches. I was in the audience. You and I connected, uh, and we decided to work together. And uh, you were you were, you were, were tremendous impact on me early in my career and my endeavors of, uh, of starting out in the business for myself, you know, through franchising. So- I wanted to, to just kind of get started with you a little bit of how, you know, your story, how'd you trans, how'd you transition out of, you know, out of the uh, Hollywood, so to speak, and, and uh, into business? Sure. Well, you know, the funny thing about that, Don, is ever since high school, I've always been coaching, I've been teaching, I've been, you know, doing speaking engagements. I just thought, I guess, you know, if you, if I got famous, somebody would want to hear me speak. The problem was is that I played bad guys in the movies and nobody really wanted to hear me speak. Um, and so, you know, I was uh, I was up for a, a movie called Mighty Ducks Part Four, which, by the way, I don't even I've never even seen it. 
And they had me, this is Walt Disney Studios. They had me audition on a Saturday, which never happens. Thursday, I go to Georgia to work with a whole community of youth to help them turn their lives around, right? So it was really valuable. And we did board breaking. We did some other stuff. Well, since I'm still in Georgia, I checked my answering machine in those days. It's uh, Sunday, and I have like 40 messages. And this, the first one is, congratulations, you got the job. And then by the 40th one, it's, you piece of garbage. You'll never work in this town. My agent's dropping me. Walt Disney's going to blackball me and all the rest of stuff. First, you feel the stress and the anxiety. And then uh, I ask myself, out of these two things, which one would you rather dives or do some stupid movie that nobody's going to ever see, you know? And I realized that, you know, this is really what I'm built to do. Yeah. And so then I, that's when I asked myself, why did you ever become an actor? And which was a kind of unique question. And it was, I thought if I got famous, somebody would want to hear me speak. Interesting. So I realized that I was kind of doing this roundabout way to get to my result instead of just going straight forward. And once I let go of the movie industry. Awesome. 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 You've, you know, you've trained a lot. You've talked a lot. You've, you've, dealt with athletes, you know, talk a little bit about the, the, uh, the Olympic gold athletes. I always thought that that was an interesting story of, of how, um, you know, some people would go to the Olympics and love that they, Hey, they just got a bronze medal and your, your views always been very, very different about that. So I thought that, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. Well, the funny thing, Don, is the company that brought me to Australia. Um, I worked for them for a year, turned their business around and they left me homeless living in a sheep shearer shed in some small country town in New South Wales, which is a state here. Um, so I was now homeless in two countries because I couldn't even fly home to be homeless. I'm kind of breaking a record. I should hit Guinness Book World Records for homeless in the most countries at the same time. And so um, I started to do free seminars to promote a paid seminar so I could make enough money to get out of here, you know, go home. And so at one of those free seminars, and this is, by the way, the first time I've ever said this. I said, and I said, uh, look, ma'am, I, I, I wasn't picking on you. I don't know who you are. You know, and by the way, you're quite a big girl. I said, uh, you know, she said, no, I'm pissed off because everything you said today was true. She said, I know you have the skills and tools I need to get out, which is the gold medal at the Sydney Olympics. She said, I'm Natalie Cook. I won bronze medal for beach volleyball at the Atlanta Olympics. And so she said, will you work with me and take me to the Sydney Olympics to win gold? And so for the next two and a half years, I worked with the girls and we beat the best team in the world known as the Brazilians and walked home with the gold medals. But here in Australia, it was rated as the number one most exciting event in the 2000 Olympics. A funny part of the story was is that after the Olympics, I was at some function and I meet the prime minister, which is like the president. Um, of the country. And uh, he says, you're, you're the firewalk guy. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you know, we stopped parliament to watch the women's beef volleyball finals. Uh, yes, sir. That, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, okay. But it was that, it was that inspirational of a thing. And people, you know, that same year I worked with the Brisbane Broncos, which is a rugby team. They won their best season ever. Um, Susie O'Neill to a world record. I've worked with rowers, golfers, swimmers, football teams, rugby players, all these things. Every athlete I work with wins, but I don't even know the sport most of 
talk about some of the analogies or the parallels, if you don't mind, uh, to to what you know an athlete or what uh, Natalie was going through to to try to reach these ultimate goals and. And what you know, some of my audience maybe goes through on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing, Don. It's a the reason I can get so much success with so many businesses. I mean, it's you know mind blowing what I've done with businesses. People who are just about to go out of business to do ten million dollars profit in six months, or a hippie fruit shack, you know, turned them into an iconic um, like a Whole Foods store here, twenty-two million dollars with a fourteen percent profit very rapidly. And then all the sports teams that I work with. Well, there's a formula that mindset. People go, I'm positive, I'm enthusiastic, you know, well, great, but I don't know if that's the mindset. The mindset is, is that I'm coachable, I'm moldable, I'm open to learn. And I tell me what to do, I'll do it. You know, so they 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 open themselves up. Second is that you have to develop new skill sets, right? And then last is you have to have follow-through. Now think about this, Don. What can't we achieve in life? If you have the correct mindset, develop new skill sets and you follow through with that. And so the mindset, by the way, is one of those skill sets. Um, As you see behind me, I have a a signed Rocky poster. You know, I've known Sylvester Stallone since I was like 18 years old. And Sly, you know, I used to live in my clay lots of times. I mean, you know, it was kind of like a running joke. And Sly would have me up at his house for Christmas and Elton John's on the piano for three hours and all that stuff, you know. And people would come up to Sly and they go, why do you have Keurig here? He's homeless. He's a loser. I go, I'm right here. I can hear you. <laughs> we go, I don't care. You're a loser. He said, you don't understand. In Keurig's head, he already is a success. And it's just a matter of time that his results will catch up with his mindset. Hmm. You know, and, and it, you know, I caught up with Sly just before COVID. I had lunch with him in Beverly Hills. And first I walked in the door. First thing he said is, obviously, the mindset paid off, didn't it, Keurig? And I go, <laughs> Thanks, That's really Ryan. interesting. Your the the mind. How did you say that the mindset? Yeah, your re, yeah your results will catch results. up with you. But so Wallace D. Wattos, who wrote the book The Science of Getting Rich, he said that getting rich is not the result of doing certain things. It's doing things in the certain way, yeah, right? Yeah. So in that certain way are the laws of physics. One of those laws is the law of perpetual transmutation, which says that every thought will eventually take its form. Hmm. So we have to be consistent with those thoughts. But you, Wallace D. Waddles also said is that you have to see wealth even when you're surrounded by poverty. You got to see happiness when you're surrounded by misery. You got to see, you know, or uh, health when you're surrounded by dis-ease. See, anybody could buy into what's going on around them right now, but that's not really a strategy. It's the visionary going not where we're at. And we hold on to that. And then you get so clear in that vision that you start to paint the picture for others to see. And that's when it starts really catching up on you. So you actually, you, you'll actually attract all the things that you need to attract uh, because it's people will, will ultimately see it, whether they realize it or not. And, and they're going to be attracted to that. Absolutely. Because... Everybody on this planet, Don, wants a great leader. And, you know, um, during a Christopher Columbus, you know, he's out with the three ships. You know, they've been out for months. They thought they were going to fall off the world. They're about to mutiny and kill him. And then one guy speaks up and he goes, I don't think this is such a great idea. And they go, why? And he goes, he's the only one who knows where we're going. <laughs> All right, I'm going to transition to another thing that I always love because I, I think it, 
uh, again, the, it, it, it's a mindset thing. Uh, it, it helps people break through through barriers. You talked about breaking boards. One of the things I, I know you, if you're not still the record holder, you used to be the record nice holder time. for the longest fire walk. Uh, I, I know in my uh, in uh, one of my companies, we we had a whole team of people do uh, do a glass walk. We walked on the broken glass. Even my 14 year old daughter Lauren uh, just absolutely had to do it. She wanted to do it, and yet I know there were people. I looked around, and, and there were people missing. You know, there were people gone. They like they like ran for the exits. <laughs> so, talk to us about what what's that all about, and and. Um, so, so yeah, what's that all about here? Well, it, it Donna, what it really is about is, you know, that it's about facing the things that you think are impossible to find out they aren't. Hot coals, which, by the way, I've taken tens of thousands of people walking on fire safely and glass walking and uh, arrow breaking and board breaking. Uh, my mom, who is a very serious drunk, I mean, she could drink you know, a gallon or a half a gallon rather of uh, scotch or vodka every night. And then had violent tendencies after that, you know, um, I was coming back to Chicago where I'm from. I said, mom, look, uh, you know, I'd love to have you see me speak and what I do. There's a fire walk involved. Now you don't have to walk, but you will. I want to warn you that alcohol comes out of your pores when you sweat and it's flammable. Right. So my mom didn't, my mom didn't have a drink leading up to the fire walk, you know, for a couple of days. And then she did the program and she firewalked. And at that moment, my mom said, if I can do this that I thought was impossible, giving up alcohol is easy. And for the next 18 years, I don't know if we have lost you for a second. For the next 18 years of my mom, before she passed away, she was clean and sober. Wow. Wow. That's the power of it. So I just took a bunch of women up in Great Barrier Reef last week across a broken glass and, uh, you know, the tears that came out of them afterwards, not about the glass, about that little girl again coming out of, you know, their business owners, the little girl coming alive again, like, wow, you know, I got so bogged down by my business and the pressure and the stresses and stuff. But that's part of that skill set is we have to reinvent ourselves. You know, we got to go back to believing we can do this at another level. We got to go back to the place where that's why we got into business, by the way. And the, the, the biggest thing became entrepreneurs for lifestyle, not to make money. We think we're making the money to get the lifestyle, but then they're sacrificing the lifestyle to make the money. That doesn't even make any sense. It's about the lifestyle. So if you start living the lifestyle now where you feel good and you're excited and you're passionate again, you'll start to make the money. So, uh, one or two things, you know, again, a lot of my audience is going to be people that are helping other people in the business for themselves, or yeah. they're actually watching because they, I interview uh, people with new brands and new concepts and stuff. So they watch the, they watch the podcast to, to find out more about what's, what's happening in the franchise space. So talk a little bit about it. There, you know, what would you think are the, you know, maybe one or two like really, really key things that people ought to be thinking about as, as they, consider transitioning into buying buying their own business, being a, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur? Well, the, the first thing, Don, is to ask the question, how can I do this while living within the context of my values, right? So understand what's most valuable to you. For me, I, I have a son. He's 11 years old. You know, so I reinvented the way I do business so I could spend time 
with my son. Because by the way, he's not going to stall his childhood for all of a sudden you to make money so you can spend time with him. And kids spell love, T-I-M-E. They want your time. Well, man, 11 years old, this kid's, he can walk up to any adult and have a conversation and stand in his own power. You know, he gets A's and B's and the rest of this stuff without even real effort. He's in sports. We do a lot of things together. And I have a farm. You know, I have 14 acres and the rest of those things. Plus, I'm healthy and fit. You know, I'm in my 60s. I got abs. You know, I'm still rocked out. So that's being happy and healthy and love and family and those things. And then if you're going to go now, how can I do this while living within the context of my values? You're going to get more specific answers to the strategies you're looking for. And then you put those actions into play and you'll get the results. So that's cause and effect. Everything I teach is based in the laws of physics. That's why nobody will ever tell me, you know, a goal. And I'll go, oh, that's too big. You might want to downscale that. <laughs> I'm just looking for what result, what action will produce that result. Yeah. And so if we want the holistic success, which is making money and the rest. We have to ask a more specific question. And that's a game changer for my clients is when they go, oh, my God. Wow. You know, I was just asking, can I do this or not? Instead of how can I do this while living within the context of my values? Yeah, that that's really incredible. And and uh, so, so so much to the point. Uh, and yet, I, I mean, having helped a lot of people in the business for themselves, we talk about their values, but but not in that not in that holistic sense. So that, I mean, Kirk, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Is there anybody you would think should not go into business for themselves? You're yes. probably going to say no because you're, you know, it's go for it. But I'll I'll still ask the question. Yes, uh, I would say people who who um, well, let me give it to you another way, Don, because I I don't have judgment. You know, uh, I know you're a great Christian and the Bible says, lest you judge and he wants to be judged. So I I don't put my rules on other people. So yeah. I, I said to my first wife, I said, look, at a job, you only, they, you're only going to get what they pay you. And that's all you get to spend. But with a business, you can make as much as you like to spend. And she goes, oh, that sounds way better. <laughs> so, you know, the, the thing is, Don, is most people don't understand that with a business, Success is inconvenient. You know, sometimes you got to do longer hours than you got to do in a job. And you got to, you know, you got to get up at a certain hour and do things that you, you don't do with a job. But two things can happen with a person who owns a business. Number one, you can become a jerk where you're working longer hours than you would ever do an employee and get paid less than your employees. Well, that's, that's not go get a job at that point. Or you become the idiot that goes, hey, I, I, I'm my own boss. We lose again. It said, you know, so the other thing is we can become the idiot that we got my own hours now. So now I can watch Oprah all day long and Jerry Springer. So instead, you know, to um, be efficient and effective. So one of the things I teach people is don't take massive action, take effective actions. Right. And again, if you ask that question, what effective actions can I take here? Though uh, the word at the end of a word, when you have I-V-E, that means it produces the result that comes before that. So creative thinking are thoughts that create effective actions are actions that produce the effect or the result. So, again, it's a more specific question. And then you have to reinvent yourself. So if you want to go from employee to business or you want to go from struggling business to abundant business, you got to reinvent yourself. And that would always be what me needs to change. Yep, yep. And I and I remember uh, I, I remember you teaching me about 
about how people get paralyzed. One of the things we we talk about when we're helping people consider business ownership, um, they'll often get paralyzed, even though it's not the biggest decision they'll probably ever make. Having kids was a bigger decision. Buying a home was a bigger decision. And yet they they seem to get paralyzed. And yet what you just said to me, you know, take some action. That was always, uh, I remember vividly, that was one of the lessons of that that's the that's the way to break yourself out of paralysis is to take some action. Yes, Lao Chu, who wrote the Tao, said that when a butterfly flaps its wings, all the air currents around the world instantaneously shift, right? So that means is that the molecules, the air molecules that the butterflies move in, well, they're bumping into other molecules, which are the bumping. Well, energy is the same thing. If we're not moving energy, if we're not moving energy forward, it's going to back up on us. So again, it's like lots, we've all been there. Don is somebody says they're going to make a decision on something, right? They're all enthusiastic and you're mm-hmm. waiting. And then when you talk to them, all of a sudden they're not enthusiastic anymore. And they're backing down. You're like, wait a minute, what happened? Well, that's because we didn't keep moving energy forward. We waited. Yeah. Instead, you maybe don't disturb this person who's making a decision, but keep energy moving forward towards your success and your goals. And it will keep moving in that direction. It's again, it's physics. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, two more, two more quick questions. Um, One is, uh, you know, you're dealing with all different types of country or companies. You're, you're on, you're, you're in multiple countries these days. Anything, anything trending in business, Uh, anything going on that, that you're, you know, that you're, you're seeing over the last, you know, the last year or two. Well, Don, it's not over the last year or two. It's, I think it's since uh, the beginning of mankind is some people buy into all the stories, you know, the media and the fear and the COVIDs and the, you know, GFCs, but the global financial crisis. It was so cool. We had to give it an acronym, the GFC, and people were jumping out windows and freaking out. By the way, more people have died from KFC than GFC. Um, but, you know, I don't see people freaking out when they see the colonel. My point being, Don, is us successful people you know, we all go through the same stuff. Yeah. So, so we all go through the same stuff, Don, everybody, successful people, we learn how to manage it differently. And so that's, that's the trend. If you ever see successful people, so um, uh, global financial crisis. Anyways. And I forgot to tell the audience, you, you, we are doing this uh, from halfway around the world. So, uh, so I appreciate that. I, I love it though. Successful people manage it differently go we all go through the same things but they manage it differently um all right last quick question while i've still got you for a couple of minutes is is there anything we haven't talked about you know if if you had one opportunity uh to to really share something and again you and i know what the audience is anything any last thoughts any any final thoughts as we wrap up that you want to share that we haven't talked about already the thing done is to work on yourself consistently. You know, you wake up every day, you have an empty tank. And if you wake up and you don't fill that tank with positivity, don't be surprised that people are throwing garbage in your empty vestibule. You know, is work on yourself every day so that you can manage how you think, manage how you think and feel differently. And that's going to come from working on yourself because when your tank is filled up with feeling good, Stuff doesn't bother you the same way. It doesn't affect you the same way. And then you can think clearer, you can act better, and you're going to produce better results. So no matter what, as you know, Don, anybody who works with me, the first thing I put you through is personal. And a lot of people in business go, I just want to learn how to make the money. And I go, 
you know, great. Anyways, it's not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. Learn how to feel better and work on yourself because then you'll come up with better strategies. By the way, people want to help you when you're feeling good, not when you're all stressed out. Nobody wants to be around that energy. So it's if you get to ask for help, tell them the problem without a lot of drama and then ask for strategies and then put those strategies into effect. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I man, so many, so, so many nuggets live within the context of your values. Use that to make your decisions, successes and convenience. So recognize you're going to have to do some things differently. Uh, successful yep. people manage things differently. That's why they're successful and mindsets, skill sets and follow through. Kirk, thanks my friend. Hang on for one more second as we wrap up. Sure. <laughs> 